This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Today's episode is on hormones. Yay. So fun. <laughs> More specifically, today's episode is on how hormones are terribly understood, mm-hmm. even by doctors, which is kind of scary. And mm-hmm. because of that, they could be doing things that could lead to you feeling either terrible for yep. a really long time or even killing you. Yep. So we're going to be talking about some statistics, um, why our hormones are so jacked up in the first place and why we're seeing girls as young as 9, 10, 11, 12 having weird hormonal issues. We're going to be talking about organ systems and the endocrine system and explaining to you that beautiful symphony that is just constantly under distress. And what else are we talking about? We'll talk about what you can actually do to mm-hmm. protect your hormones and optimize your hormones and yeah. some of the ways that we could potentially help you with that or a kind of a healthcare yep. person could help you with that. But uh, in order for you to really protect yourself, you need to get a little bit of education because as mm-hmm. always, relying on somebody else to understand this and take care of this for you yeah it won't go well for you no because you might be lucky you might be one of the few that has a doctor for instance that is really well versed on hormones really understands all the potential issues that can come up with the different types of hormone treatments out there and covers your back but your odds are not good Mm -mm. which means that if you don't educate yourself you are really vulnerable to trouble. And and if you don't educate yourself, you can't self-advocate. So you can't push your doctor with more questions because how do you know what questions to ask in the first place? Exactly. So let's get into this. Let's listen to some of these statistics. All right. Go, so babe. as always, we love to start you off with a lot of frustration and fear. <laughs> so let's jump into some, <laughs> some stats. All right. We're so fun. That's so, why we still listen. <laughs> so keeping in mind that statistics are really difficult to get right because it is hard to get surveys that cover the whole population. It's hard to get straight answers from people. So these numbers are subject to change and they are also not necessarily exactly what we're going to report here. But that being said, All of the statistics we're about to talk about do come from a study. And uh, the first one is hypothyroidism, which is low-functioning thyroid. When you have a low-functioning thyroid, you feel tired, you have no energy, no libido, you have little appetite, but you gain weight anyway. It's a pretty awful thing, right? And so many women have this. 4.6% are the officially reported numbers. And that's counting men and women as well. I'm pretty sure it's way higher than that though. Now, our clinical experience suggests that that is a lot higher than that. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I I seriously think like at least 10% of women have hypothyroidism. Yeah. So that number, it did surprise me that it was that low. Mm -hmm. Now on the other side of things, um, this number surprised me that it was so high. And that is something called gynecomastia, which is the development of female-like breast tissue in men, right? You've probably heard of that before. Now this study which was looking at a bunch of adolescent males, high school-aged boys mostly in Ohio schools, they found that 48.5% of them had this gynecomastia. That's That's terrifying. That's one in two. And that's not just because they're overweight, right? That That is like actual breast tissue developing in a way that is not normal for a male. That's crazy. So there's something weird going on there. Definitely something weird going on there. And hopefully that number was just really weird. Maybe it was uh, some kind of weird sampling error or something going on in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But the fact is Something that, in the uh, water? Maybe. 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 <laughs> well, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah, in a second. Yeah, we will. Well could be something in the water. I meant that very seriously. Um, to, to kind of piggyback off of that, since 1973, um, sperm count in men has decreased by almost 60%. And that was done in 2011. So it's probably like 
65% now. Yeah. That's really scary. That is. That is scary. So, yeah. Um, so what let's else? talk about fertility. Now, we know that about 15% of couples report infertility, meaning that they're unable to get pregnant after, I think, a year's worth of trying. Um, but within those numbers, it sounds like about 12% of women are mm-hmm. infertile and about 7% of men are infertile. Once yeah. again, those numbers seem a little bit low to me. And I have a feeling the men's numbers are particularly underreported. Mm. Um, but uh, did we already, did we talk about sperm count yet? I just you, did. We just did that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sperm counts are dropping in men, yet only 7% are infertile. I don't know about that. I think it's a lot worse than that. Yeah. Um, 10% of women have PCOS. So let's talk about PCOS. I, what I is that? personally think it's way higher. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's when your ovaries basically grow cysts and it's very painful and it messes up your hormones. Well, actually, it happens in the first place because your hormones are messed up to begin with. Mm. But um, but it, it just creates all kinds of hormonal uh, dysfunction and women experience, I think I said this already, very painful periods mm-hmm. and- Difficulty have, getting mm-hmm, pregnant. Difficulty getting pregnant. Yeah, weight gain, uh, facial hair- um, you you name well is, is acne also I think so associated with PCOS so you know it, it's not a fun thing to have it's obviously not. but one out of ten at least yeah seem to have it yep. so there you go on the other side of things men apparently up to fifty two percent of men suffer from erectile dysfunction that's fun. Now, we don't know whether that's every day or if that's like it's happened once in their life. I'm not sure exactly what the uh, requirements were to qualify as having ED, but whatever that number is, uh, that's really high. And it also is not necessarily from hormonal imbalances. There are lots of things that can lead to erectile dysfunction, but you better believe that there are some pharmaceutical companies out there that love seeing this number mm-hmm. where it is. Makes them lots of money. They're more than happy to. What do they call it? The magic blue pill. The, the magic blue pill. That. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's a few of them out there nowadays, but. Which one's the the most known one? What is it called? Well, uh, Cialis. Is that it? I don't know. Anyways, okay. <laughs> I don't know. This isn't an erectile dysfunction I, podcast, guys. Sorry. I, I wouldn't know. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ignore our cheesy jokes. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, so these stats, I don't feel like they really capture the full extent of the problem here. I'm I, so I, happy. <laughs> I think that things are a lot worse than these stats represent. And part of that is because of what we do in the clinic, right? We see a lot of people with various issues. Not all of them seem to be directly related to hormones. Yet, almost every single blood work report I've looked at shows a hormone imbalance of one kind or another. Oh my gosh, yes. Whether that's thyroid or sex hormones or cortisol yeah right there's there's something weird going on when it comes to hormones which what female has had a baby and then felt completely normal afterwards like none that i know of maybe like three you know like like pregnancy really throws our bodies off and then we don't feel ourselves again and then we uh, get pregnant again and then it knocks us down even further and then we just deal and it keeps knocking us down. I mean, really, it's like we just can't get a, a breath of air yeah. from this this really tumultuous ocean of unbalanced hormones. So, And we've seen far fewer males reports. Mm-hmm. We just tend not to have as many men that uh, come for Care. treatments at yeah. the clinic. But uh, typically, we do see low testosterone. Yep. Almost without fail. Yeah, that's um, true, or, actually. you know, the occasional really high testosterone because uh, they're dealing with something like right. prostate cancer or that. But yep. it it's just seems so rare that somebody's got naturally balanced hormones. Super rare. Have and, we ever seen it? I don't um, think we have. Nope, Mm-mm. we never have. Nope. But again, it's a clinic. If true. everything was working great, then they true. wouldn't they feel wouldn't the be need here. To, to... I mean, the, the blood test can be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to dish out the money for it unless but, they feel like there's something wrong. But isn't that interesting that if you are sick, look at your hormones fast. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. like 
that's the common denominator other than like terrible nutrition, but we'll talk about nutrition and hormones soon. But I mean, like you're sick, you better believe there are hormones that are not working in your favor. So you need to fix those fast. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're going to try and heal your body and that will be as hard as pushing a big fat boulder uphill. Like you you can't heal if your hormones are not balanced. It's not going to happen. So, yep. Okay. Basically, so let's so let's talk about why what, what, what's going on here. And what are the causes? The yep. the first one and probably the most important one is something called the exposome. Mm-hmm. What's the exposome, babe? The exposome, you know, I don't know the official definition, but essentially it is the interaction between your body and the environment that your body is exposed to. Right. Cool. So it's all of the things around yep. you that go inside of you. Yep. So what what are we talking issues. about? We're talking about perfumes. We're talking about um, oh my gosh, uh, hormone disrupting chemicals. Yes, right. Plastics yeah. as xenoestrogens that are in plastics. Mm-hmm. Pesticides. In ke- pesticides. How many of you get your house sprayed for pesticides? How many of you eat foods that have been sprayed with herbicides and pesti- pesticides? I mean. What is it like 50% of the American diet is basically wheat and grains and wheat and grains is just completely drenched in glyphosate. Wait, is that true? I I just made that up. But oh. Like but it <laughs> seems like it seems pretty real. We should, yeah. we should probably look that up. Starts with our cereal. Cereal and cereal then the toast and, and then bread and bagels. Lunch sandwiches. How about our pastas for dinner? Dinner pasta. I mean, we, we eat a lot of this stuff. And, we eat tons of grains. And most people are not paying too much attention to whether it's Where organic it's nope. or what kinds of pesticides and things were used. And, and this is so important because they are all endocrine disruptors. All of them. They yeah. like, it's. Here, here's another one yeah. that might terrify you a little bit. Your nonstick pans. Oh my gosh. They are full of something called PFCs, mm-hmm. perfluorocarbons. I don't know. That's a big word. What about your scented candles that you burn in your house? What do those have besides VOCs? They have, um, they're, the perfumes that they have are all xenoestrogens. All right. Like they are all endocrine disruptors. Like anything that is a chemical can interact with your chemical uh, organs. So you are basically a big fat mass of chemical reactions happening. Mm. And then when you encounter these uh, these other chemicals, these man-made chemicals, they are just going to kind of mix together. Like red water and blue water. It's going to, what does red and blue make? Purple? purple? And then <laughs> now, now you're not blue anymore. You're purple, you know, like... So, and, so I was not artistic as a kid, guys. <laughs> Don't judge me. This is a health podcast, not a designer's <laughs> podcast. All right. Go somewhere else if you oh want people gosh. that know what makes purple. <laughs> Although I did say purple at the exact same time you did. So you did. I you did. subconsciously knew the answer. So everything's fine. I, now, in my defense, I had a terrible art teacher growing up. She shamed me a ton. <laughs> so I blocked a lot of all my art classes. She didn't teach you about the primary colors and the secondary colors. No, she did. What a bad teacher. All right. But um, so basically we're swimming in a sea of chemicals that wasn't there 150 years ago. And to assume that it is not affecting us is extremely naive of us. Extremely. We know it's affecting us and we can see the results of that Mm -hmm. every day by how tired and sick and just awful everybody feels all the time. Yeah. So that's just one of the things we haven't even really hit on birth control yet. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, birth control is tough. The people listening to this podcast might be different. Maybe you didn't go on birth control at any point. Maybe you're not on it currently. But it is endemic in our society. And and research is coming out, you guys, that it, it leads to breast cancer. And what are our breast cancer t- statistics doing? They are constantly going up. In spite of all the millions of dollars we're giving billions to the Susan of G. Dollars. Komen Foundation to supposedly find the cure. Billions. And what could one of the massive cures be? Stop prescribing birth control to everyone for every little thing that they have wrong with them. We're seeing 11-year-olds taking birth control, 12-year-olds taking birth control because they are having painful periods. Doctors don't care why they're having painful periods. They're just like, hey, take this magic pill and all your problems will be solved. And this is something, when I was in high school, I thought it was like magic that all these girls I knew who had extremely painful periods, Mm -hmm. that they had just barely started having, by the way, because back then they weren't getting their period at the age Mm -hmm. of seven years old. 
But uh, they, their doctors would just prescribe a birth control pill to them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, their painful periods go away because they're not having a period at all. And Magic, I thought, wow, right? that is so cool. I'm so yep. glad they can do that. Medicine is so smart. <laughs> and now <laughs> I look back and go, oh my goodness. Well, what and, were we doing to their young developing And what bodies? are those women dealing with right now? They're dealing with acne and yeah. weight gain and thyroid disorders and autoimmune diseases and hair loss and low energy, low libido. Everything under the sun. Yeah, it's a problem. And yep. Now, not to we don't want to make you feel like we are judging you if you take no. birth control. Oh no no, right? no 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 judgment. The, the just the be careful. Is, the truth is that the the invention of birth control in a lot of ways was very empowering to a lot of women because it uh, it gave them options. Right. Yeah, exactly. The problem though is that we didn't think about what the long term problems could have been from that. And in or fact- Or doctors don't even talk to you about it. Like say, yes, take birth control, but please know these side effects. For years and years and years, the most popular birth control medication was called Primarin. And mm-hmm. they it, it was prescribed to everyone for like six decades, right? Almost 60 years, this Primarin was prescribed to so many women. Is that the one that they're, they have this massive lawsuit over now? Probably. Probably because no one bothered to study it until a few years ago. All right. Think about that for a minute. That's terrifying. It was a hormone disruptor. That was its job. They knew it was doing it because that's what they wanted it to do. And they gave it to women for years and years and years, decades without actually studying to see what would come of it. And guess what? It turns out when they actually did study it, it's dangerous and so they mm-hmm. stopped prescribing it. But don't worry, they found something else to give women, right? Yeah. And, and, and if you compare that to some other things, it'll just drive you nuts. Like, all right, we sell CBD out of our shop, right? Mm-hmm. And until recently, CBD was almost impossible to get. It was considered a controlled substance because it comes from a natural plant that can get you high, right? Cannabis. Mm-hmm. The CBD itself doesn't. And all evidence pointed to it being completely safe, but it was nearly impossible to get. In the meantime, you have one conversation with your doc and you've got yourself a lifetime supply of birth control. Sorry, you looked like you wanted to say something a minute ago. No, 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 no. keep going. I'm, I'm actually reading about premarital oh. lawsuits and stuff. Oh. Sorry, you're on a roll. Sorry. <laughs> Did you want me to like interject there and be like, oh my gosh. Yes, I wanted some <laughs> validation. Oh my gosh. What did you just say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading about, you guys, you need to hear this. Okay, premarital side effect injury lawsuit. Okay, uh, serious side effects, ovarian cancer, yeah. lupus, scleroderma, gallbladder cancer, mm. and stroke. Okay, no big deal, right? No big deal. You might just die. <laughs> so that's why I was so silent because I'm like, what the F? Like, But then I have a lot of those moments like weekly where I'm like, oh my gosh, are we really giving this to people? So- <laughs> Sorry. So while, while these birth control pills are being doled out left and right with- the knowledge that, yeah, we're probably causing a few different kinds of cancer. No big Gosh. deal. They are putting all kinds of work into mm-hmm. making it illegal to get natural plants yep. that make you feel better. Did we talk about why? to be really safe. Because of the money trail? Well, n- no, I mean- How dare we, you be empowered and not take a pain medication? We, we have our opinions on why. And the, the official record would state that, well, it's a safety issue, right? My opinion is because it's all about money. I'm just going to be <laughs> when, like, it's, it's just about money and politics, guys. Right. So, it's a business. Let's be honest. So ultimately, we can say that the reason the birth control was not tested more thoroughly before it was given out to everyone is because there was a lot of money to be made. And in mm-hmm. fact, these pharmaceutical companies make billions of dollars every billions. year off of these birth control medications. All I hear in my head is, um, what's his name? Dr. Evil. One billion dollars. Uh, from one uh, Austin, dollars. Austin wow. Powers. Yeah. So Let's keep going. All right. So so that's birth control. It's you know, if you're on birth control, that's don't we're not judging you. No. But if you are on birth control and you need you're another risk. terrible or if you plan on getting pregnant or would like to get pregnant anytime soon, 
Mm-hmm. It will definitely be in your best interest to talk with yeah. your doctor about discontinuing that and looking at other options. Because exactly. just because you stop taking it doesn't mean that suddenly your body bounces back and everything is good. Mm-hmm. It can take a long time and a lot of work for mm-hmm. your body to get back to a place where it's able to reproduce. Yep. Um, I kind of want to go back to the exposomes. Did I say that right? uh, Maybe exposome. That's how I say it. So you guys think about um, little babies, right? And we warm up milk in plastic bottles. And so we're leaching xenoestrogens into our babies. And then our kids eat um, food out of plastic bags and plastic Tupperware, uh, obviously because Tupperware is plastic, and plastic bowls and plastic cups and then when we're teenagers, we are drinking out of we're drinking soda out of styrofoam cups, and and it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse. You know, when you get food to go from a restaurant and it's hot food, and they're giving you what styrofoam baggies, right? Yeah, like that stuff is not only carcinogenic but has so many xenoestrogens in it. So. We're, we're just being bombarded. And then think of like all the food that you buy from the grocery store. They're all in plastic. I mean, even your vegetables, you pull a piece of plastic and you put your vegetables in that plastic for, so that they can weigh it, you know? Um, bring, I mean, we'll talk about solutions later, but a, a really easy solution is take your own fabric bags. You know what I mean? They have those netted bags. and But we need to limit our exposure from these environmental toxins. Go back to glass. Like if it's not in glass, don't eat from it. Like drink from glass cups. Um, You want to hear something really depressing? Yes. So Chipotle. Oh, no. Our our chiropractor friend told us about this recently. We have to like confirm this. So Chipotle, it's generally speaking an awesome company. I feel like this is a smear campaign. Well, it, it... Turns out it's really not. So they use these compostable bowls, which how Mm -hmm. cool is that? They're environmentally friendly. Yay! It turns out that these bowls are treated with toxic compounds known as forever chemicals. Oh God, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it it apparently is terrible and they're carcinogenic. So they've got a whole bunch of what are called PFAs, right? (laughs) I'm going to butcher this so bad. Perfluoroalkyl chemicals or polyfluoralkyl chemicals right and these are these are known carcinogens so you can't even trust chipotle anymore that makes me so sad i'm sorry take your own bowls and make sure they're glass really (laughs) or stainless steel or something but then think about this like they have these chemicals in it and it's like oh well it's fine i'll eat fast but no you're dumping hot food in there and you add heat to chemicals and you have like these sped up reactions guys like it's it is yeah. hard to and, yeah. not do this. So so I mean just just look from like I said your babies drinking you know they warm up milk in plastic bottles now and microwaves. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. But um yeah, it's like we didn't even have a chance. That 11-year-old had no chance of having a proper hormonal or or functioning hormone system because it has been so disrupted multiple times a day for days, for years. So anyways, yep, that's it. And that's all I have to say. And so, so moving away from the, the exposome and the Mm -hmm. birth control, there's another really, really big problem that messes up our hormones. Sorry. (laughs) Stole my thunder. I did. It's stress. stress, I do that a lot. and, And stress is so problematic in so many ways. We probably hit on this almost every episode because Everything out there that's bad, stress makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Everything out there that's good, stress ruins it. So in this case, mm-hmm. stress is particularly problematic because it causes, especially chronic stress. I'm not saying you can never be stressed, but when you are constantly stressed and stressed out, yeah. your cortisol levels Go skyrocket until your adrenals completely tank. And mm-hmm. then you have no cortisol, which means that you're incapable of really responding to the stress that is filling up your life. And we're going to talk about adrenals and cortisol and all of that in like a few minutes so that you guys kind of get like a hormone balancing 101 class Mm. from us. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stress also taxes your thyroid, which Mm. can lead to hypothyroidism. Stress can also mess up your gut bacteria, which in turn can cause autoimmune issues, which Which in in turn turn can destroy your thyroid. Exactly. So- 
So stress is not our friend. I, no. I don't, I mean, we can talk for hours and hours about how terrible it is. You know it's terrible. Stress, but it's, sleeplessness. I mean, It's yep. so important to start addressing that. And mm-hmm. I say that as we record this really close to midnight. And I know. <laughs> no bedtime in sight for us. We're hypocrites, but at least we can acknowledge that we need to work on at it. At least we eat well. <laughs> we have we that so, for us. So we're definitely not perfect. Right. So, so we've got these three big factors. They're not the only factors, but they are really important. That exposome, all mm-hmm. those chemicals that we're living in. The, I think exposome sounds better. Exposome. That sounds like a conference. Or I something. know. Exactly. We're going to go to the chemical conference and see Called who wants exposome. to ruin our hormones this week. Um, <laughs> okay, and, then, and then stress. So, so let's talk about why this is not being fixed in the medical world. This should be their area of expertise. This should be something that they're able to fix, right? But they aren't. And there are a few really big reasons for that. One of them is that a lot of times the doctors will just ignore hormone issues. Yeah. If they see that your sex hormones are a bit low or that your thyroid's a bit off, mm-hmm. they, they may not do anything about right. it. Until you're like full-blown... They will wait until your TSH has completely disappeared, mm-hmm. which means that your thyroid is essentially either blowing up or has yep. stopped working altogether. And then I they're mean, like, oh, whoops. Or they won't even say whoops. They'll say, okay, now it's time for us to do something. Right. And they didn't say anything yep. when they saw the trend going in the wrong so direction. So let's talk about that trend for a second. Let's talk about how lab work works so when they when they pull for one they only check like one hormone when there are like hundreds yeah and um and that's frustrating but um but when they when they draw your blood they they measure it within normal ranges and you guys normal ranges are based on unhealthy populations so you are normal within an un- unhealthy population. So there are normal ranges and then functional ranges. Because guess who does not get a lot of blood testing done? Healthy people. Your average healthy person, right? Mm-hmm. Why would they? They're healthy. Everything is going fine. Yep. The people who get tested are the people who are sick. Mm-hmm. And those people end up forming the reference group mm-hmm. against which everyone else is compared when they get their testing yep. done later. So. Yep. And and now you're probably thinking, well, Jeanique and Tristan, you can have a hormonal imbalance in one area, but your hormones can be fine in the other. Mm. No, no, it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like when one is off, they're all off. Okay. They all intricately work together. It's like a symphony. Like think of your brain as the conductor and all the instruments are playing at the same time according to the conductor. And, and so if there is one instrument out of tune or off beat or something, the music sounds bad. Mm. Okay. So they all work together to create harmony. And so when one is off, they're all off. It like things will not work properly. Yeah. And that is what we actually see in the clinic. When we're looking at people's blood test reports, Mm -hmm. it is very rare that we see just one hormone yeah. seems to be off. It's usually all we're, of them. We're going to try and explain to you. We're going to be talking about four different organ systems that pump out hormones. And we're going to try and explain to you how intricate they are. And when one is off, how the others are thrown off too. We're going to get a little technical. So mm-hmm. um, you might not want it to have us on double speed during that time. <laughs> just a warning. <laughs> I, you might be really smart. It's totally too. up to you. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of doctors are just not going to do much at all, if anything at all, when yeah. they see those numbers are off. They'll wait until it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Or, or what happens so often, especially to women, is they see that the, the woman feels terrible, right? And that she mm-hmm. seems to be depressed and she has no energy, blah, blah, blah. They see that those hormones are out of balance and they still say, you know what? I think you need an SSRI. You seem to be depressed. So I'm going to give you an antidepressant and uh, a little Wilbutrin. That should take care of you. A little Prozac. Everything will be I'm great. just going to gaslight you right now and your experience and tell you it's all in your head. And, and to be fair to the doctors, I don't think that they really believe all women are just crazy and they need these medications. They want to be helpful. And they don't understand hormones very well, not to mention it's a lot of work to fix hormones. So the Mm -hmm. the SSRI is just easier. But they want to be helpful within two to 12 minutes. So that seems like a really fast Mm Band-Aid versus 
actually having to think out this process for you. Right. And so so there are a ton of women I'm and really men cynical for that matter. in the middle of the night. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna put my happy hat on now and be like, Yay, doctors. We'll we'll get to the hopeful part. We will really soon here. There so, is zero hope. So Just kidding. there there are a ton of women out there who <laughs> are on antidepressants. There are a lot of men for that matter who are on antidepressants when what's really going on is that they've got these terrible hormone imbalances that are not actually being addressed. And for that matter, those antidepressants tend not to work very well mm-hmm. for a lot of people, probably because these underlying issues are not being addressed. One more problem that tends to come up in the medical world, and this, this tends to be an overcorrection on the other side. You have a doctor who says, yeah, these hormones are off. We need to do something about it. And mm-hmm. then they give you hormone replacement therapy, right? Mm-hmm. They, and that could even be synthetic hormones, which yeah. heaven forbid we still use that anymore, but we do. And so these women are placed on these replacement hormones. Typically, it's menopausal women. And it sounds a lot like birth control to me. It's it's pretty similar in, because what we're doing is we're messing with the body's natural rhythms. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the body doesn't know what natural is anymore. And it yep. just throws everything off balance. And these hormone replacement therapies tend to lead to cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, not a... Not a great thing to do, but uh, it tends to happen way too often in the medical world. So, so should we start like teaching people? Let's let's talk about what needs to be done that is not done nearly enough. Yeah. Okay. We need to address the lifestyle foundations. Yes. That lead to these hormone imbalances. Right. Right? Because, um, well, for the past like what fifty, sixty years, what has been so shamed in society is fat cholesterol especially. And a lot of our hormones, especially our sex hormones, um, are cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And so we need tons of it. So when we have people in our clinic that have sex hormone imbalances, we're like, "Um, what's your fat intake like? We want you to eat more tallow. We want you to eat Mm -hmm. more ghee. We want you to eat more animal, you know, fatty animal, you know? And so- um, and I mean, so, coconut oil, avocado oil. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good fats out there, yep. and they can make a huge difference. And we're not getting enough because we've been led to believe that fats are evil for yep. decades and decades. Yep. So, so that needs to change. But yep. um, but but let's talk about the four. Okay, so I call it the four fecta, not the trifecta, because it's it's like a chair, you know, with four legs, and these four hormone organs and systems have to be working in order for this chair to not fall over. And so those four legs are the thyroid, the adrenals, your sex hormones, and your pancreas. And people are like, what does the pancreas have to do yeah, with anything? It has to everything to do with everything, guys. So, um, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. What should we, should, what should we hit first? Let's, uh, let's start towards the top. We'll say the thyroid. Thyroid. How does that sound? Great. Do you so, want to get started? So the thyroid is a really important organ, a gland mm-hmm. that produces thyroid hormone. Yep. And do we want to talk about the specific hormones that go into it? I mean, we will as we go along, but what the thyroid does is it regulates energy metabolism, heart rate. Um, what else does it regulate? Uh, it's important in, I mean, almost everything, everything. we do. Yeah, when, like when your thyroid's you, not functioning properly, you have zero energy, like mm-hmm. none. Like you can't function, you can't think, you can't move. You are exhausted constantly. You just got out of bed and you're ready to go back to bed. So your body is just not producing energy. Period. Um, now the opposite happens when you have hyperthyroid where you have way too much energy. You're manic. Your resting heart rate can be like 140 beats a minute when it's normally supposed to be 60 to 70. Um, so there's a lot of things that the, the and oh, it also controls heart rate and all of that jazz. So yeah. your, your hunger even mm-hmm. can be affected by it because it yes. affects your metabolism. And, so. and oh, weight gain. So a lot mm-hmm. of women with hypothyroid issues, they, they say, you know, I'm on a diet. I'm counting my macros. Don't get me started on macros, people. <laughs> but um, they're like, my macros are immaculate and I'm still gaining weight like crazy. And it, that's normally a thyroid dysfunction issue or Actually, a sex hormone issue. Or just today, just today issue. I spoke with a woman who she's doing intermittent fasting. She's mm-hmm. up to 20 hours a day of fasting. So she's mm-hmm. only eating during a four hour window and yeah. she's probably only getting about 
a thousand calories, maybe mm-hmm. twelve hundred calories. She's still putting away. Not not losing a pound. Yeah. Right. And she's like, "What's going on here?" So yeah. what I told her was, "Look at your hormones. Yeah. You've got to start with your hormones and mm-hmm. your stress levels because I'm guessing that." All that extra stress the fasting is putting on your body mm-hmm. is just making things worse for exactly. you. Exactly. So, so what happens? Why why does the thyroid stop working? Well, the number one reason that I see is, I mean, there's so many, but the mm. big one is when you have digestive issues um, that trigger an immune response. Like, let's say you're eating really crappy food and you have inflammation and leaky gut. What happens is food leaks through your gut into your bloodstream and that triggers an immune response and that immune response will start to attack your thyroid as well. And so when your thyroid is attacked, it can either slow down your thyroid or speed it up. And so with most women, it slows it down completely. That's one of the main reasons why we have hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of the times they're just like when they're, um, diagnosed with hypothyroidism, they're just on a fast or slow track to um, Hashimoto's, basically. And and the the difference there is that Hashimoto's is a subtype of hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. right? So you can have hypothyroid without Hashimoto's, right? But the Hashimoto's is the autoimmune component yep. of that. So if you've got that, then it's a little bit more dire mm-hmm. because as soon as your body has decided that your thyroid is an enemy, it can yep. be very difficult to convince it otherwise. Yep. Exactly. And so, um, so that's really, I mean, that's so kind the, of the thyroid I in mean, a nutshell. There, there's, a, there's a lot more we could talk oh. about, like the upstream factors. Your right. pituitary could be the real issue, not your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Or your body's ability to convert the thyroid hormone into Let's a usable form. Let's so, talk about that. So your thyroid, go ahead, Tris. No, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> so your thyroid produces T4. And that is essentially the molecule that has to float around in your bloodstream. And it gets converted to T3 in multiple areas. But the three main areas are your kidneys, your gut, and your liver. Now, what happens? And then once it's converted from T4 to T3, then it connects to all your cells and turns them on. And then your cells make energy. Yay. But what happens when your gut and your liver and your kidneys are not working properly? What happens when you're eating the standard American diet and your gut is tanking and your gut is barely functioning and barely getting you to like absorb the bare minimum? Mm -hmm. You are not going to be converting T4 to T3. Therefore, you're not going to have that key turning on all the energy in your cells. Therefore, you're going to feel yucky. And so people are like, well, why is it not converting? I tell them, look at your liver, look at your gut, look at your kidneys. Most likely it's your liver and your gut. Mm -hmm. Because again, your liver, we just spoke about exposomes, right? Or exposomes. (laughs) (laughs) Exposomes. We should do a poll of what it really is. Um, Like your liver has to deal with all of these toxins and these chemicals. It didn't have to deal with these things like 80 years ago. And so now our livers are tanking. But our livers are tanking too because of another reason. And that reason is our overabundance of sugar intake. Mm. So when we are eating a boatload of sugar, our livers have to process that. And so we're super stressing them out. And once again, just to really differentiate between your good sugars and your really bad refined sugars, right? You can overdo it on sugar in general, Mm -hmm. but the particularly troublesome stuff is that really refined, easy access sugar that causes the energy spike followed by the crash, right? That's going to cause you the most problems. Yep. So so now you have all this T4 being produced by your, um, your thyroid. And it goes to the liver and it's like, hey, can you convert me? And your liver's like, shut up. I'm busy converting fructose into something that is mildly usable by the body. Like, wait your turn. And hormones being the sweet little compounds that they are, they're like, okay. And then they don't do anything. <laughs> sweet little you know? compounds. <laughs> like, no, really. Like, they're, they're, they're that middle child that takes up no space. You know, and yet they're really, really sweet and important and we want them to take up more space. So, so yeah, so the liver's too busy converting all of that really crappy fructose that you are eating in your standard American diet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, and chances are, if you're eating a bunch of that, you're also eating a bunch of other garbage that is also putting a load on your liver. So. And not on your liver, but your gut. So, and you know, your gut. Your gut. And, and your then gut. you're drinking soda 
And then your kidneys are like, what is happening? What is this toxic sludge that I have to now filter out? Yeah. You know? And so, um, and so it's just, it's a hot mess everywhere. Um, yeah. So that's, so, so that's the thyroid. Sometimes it's the upstream issue where the pituitary is not doing its job of creating mm-hmm. TSH. That's and pretty then, rare. And then your thyroid's not getting the message. Yeah. It, it tends to show up with like tumors. Yes. Um, and brain damage, that sort of a thing. Exactly. But it is a possibility. So it's something to keep in mind. Yep. Let's move on to sex hormones. Let's, so we'll probably have to talk about sex hormones and the adrenals together. Do we, you, okay. Yeah. Okay. We can, we get can started do that on sex hormones. Which way do you, like, how do you want to start this? Well, so I don't want to get too complex with it. Okay. I want to keep it really simple, yeah. right? We've got the androgens, we've got the estrogens. Mm-hmm. So basically testosterone and estrogen, yeah. right? And either one of those can get imbalanced and does tend to get imbalanced. But also men and women need a certain amount of both, mm-hmm. right? It's really common for people to think, oh, well, testosterone is men, estrogen is women. So right. that's all we have to worry about. Yep. But women can have low testosterone syndrome. Right. And when they do, they feel they, terrible. Just terrible. like everything else we've described Low energy, today. brain fog. It actually sounds a lot like thyroid disorder. And um, a lot of times when people come to us with symptoms, I'll I'll wrongly accuse them of a thyroid disease mm-hmm. or thyroid issue, and then we do their blood work. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you have adrenal fatigue, yeah. which is why you are creating no sex hormones, which is why you have no energy for anything. Yep, and that that's why testing can be extremely helpful because mm-hmm. all of these different issues, especially when it comes to hormones, they tend to look the same. Yep. And and they also look really similar to depression, by the way, which yeah. is a whole other ballpark of things, yep. and which is why so many people, especially women, get diagnosed with depression when mm-hmm. they actually have hormone imbalances. So, so testing a lot of times can be the key to actually having success with turning these things around. Yeah. But um, but that's that's kind of how the sex hormones work. But it gets even more complicated when we bring the adrenals into it because the adrenals mm. are responsible for producing a couple of important hormones. Super important. One of them being DHEA mm-hmm. or DHEA sulfate. So most people, when I say DHEA, they're like, oh, I take a fish oil. Yeah. No, guys, we're not talking about DHA. That's an oil. We're talking about DHEA, which is a precursor to a hormone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so completely different. Yes. So don't start taking fish oils thinking that you're going to start feeling like a million times better. It's not going to do that. You can take a good fish oil. That'll be fine. It'll probably help you in other ways. Yes. But it's not going to address your- Your hormonal imbalances. Your adrenal problems, right? So, So your adrenals create DHEA, which is a precursor to like all of your sex hormones. And so when your adrenals, but your adrenals also produce something else, which is cortisol. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so when you are stressed out, your body, your adrenals is going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Prioritize. It's going to prioritize cortisol production. Now, when the adrenals create cortisol, guess what it does to create more cortisol? It hijacks your progesterone. Mm. So it takes your progesterone and it converts it into cortisol. So there isn't enough food on this boat for everyone. So it kind of has to pick and choose. It's going to say, are we in stress response? Awesome. We're not going to deal with sex hormones right now. And guess what, America? We are all in stress response all the damn time. Now, if you think about that from an evolutionary perspective, it makes a lot of sense, right? While reproduction was extremely important for passing on the genes to the next generation, it wouldn't work very well if there was a really stressful scenario happening around the the, the clan, so mm-hmm. to speak. So it's going to be the first thing to go when the systems are imbalanced. Exactly. And that's still what happens today, except mm-hmm. that we live in a society that has this artificially high level of stress all the time. All the time. No wonder so many people have trouble getting yep. pregnant when they want to. Exactly. Right. Yep. And so, so yeah, so we are now not making sex hormones anymore because we are stressed out and we are eating really 
bad fats and not the good fats that help us make all these hormones. And rather than addressing those underlying issues, what our tendency to do in our society is, Mm -hmm. well, let's just replace those hormones. So we're going to pump you full of all these hormones that can help you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it works about, what is it, 30% of the time? I have no idea. That might be just in vitro. But What blows my mind, sorry, I just cut you in the middle of what you're, what you're saying, but like, again, I know, I'm sorry, geez. Um, what blows my mind is doctors are more than happy to prescribe these estrogen creams, you know, like when you're not creating, when you're not creating sex hormone, it's like, well, let's just slap a bunch of estrogen cream on you. And we have no idea how your body's absorbing that or how much it's absorbing of that. Why do we not go to the hormone that, creates all the sex hormones in the first place and let your body decide how much it wants to convert into estrogen. Why are doctors not suggesting DHEA to their clients? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure they have their reasons. Like DHEA is not the only factor, right, that Mm -hmm. matters for it. It can get really complex, but it is a lot simpler than than what they try to do. And, right. and you know, kind of going back to this uh, pregnancy example, so your body is really stressed out and has decided that it is not in a place where it's ready to reproduce. Yeah. So we force it through with all of these artificial, or I should say exogenous hormones. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say that you are one of the 30% or however many that are able to get pregnant instead. What is that going to do to your body? Because there was a reason your body decided to cut that off in the first place. Right. And now you've gone ahead and said, well, we're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's like forcing your car to run without oil, right? Yep. That's going to cause you a problem down the line. right? And that's exactly what we see is that, yes, these women are able to get pregnant and they're able to have children, which is awesome. But then there are problems that show up down the line and their bodies take a huge toll as a result of it. And a lot of times their children's bodies as well, because they are being developed in this environment that is already struggling Mm -hmm. for resources. So it's, it's not a great scenario, but um, luckily it is something that we can deal with. And like Janique was saying, sometimes as a kind of a temporary crutch, just taking some DHEA can make a world, world of, difference of difference for people. Oh my gosh. But we are not actually recommending that you go out to your nearest health, farm, food store. health food store and buy some DHEA. You have to be really careful with it. You can't take it for longer than two months because yeah. then your body overcorrects and makes way too much testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you, you're getting all this energy and the brain fog is gone, but then you start getting, if you take too much, then you start getting aggressive and start growing hair, start getting acne. And so it's really important that you, you know, we really do encourage people to do blood work before doing DHEA. We know that's not realistic. So what I tell people is just try it for a month and see how you do. And if you don't notice anything, just go off of it again. But, but, be- don't, but this isn't... Like, take it year-round, guys. Please, please, no. please, please and, understand that. And be be really, really careful with it. Some people yeah. are just extremely sensitive to it. They take one dose, and all of a sudden, they've got acne exploding through their face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that it would could be— could just be a bad batch, too. I mean, maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. But that's the thing is that's why you have to be careful yeah, with it because you really don't know how your body's going to react. So, yeah. so personally, I would recommend that— whatever you do, you consult with somebody first right. and make sure that you're being safe with it. Right. Don't just rush out there and start taking a bunch of hormones because mm-hmm. these hormones, all hormones, have multiple functions in your body. They're not single function little molecules floating around in there. Right. They create these cascade effects that can have a negative or a positive impact on dozens, if not hundreds of different functions in your body. Mm -hmm. So you want to take them very seriously, treat them with respect, and don't just go slamming them into your body, hoping that it'll help you become Superman or Superwoman, which uh, does tend to happen quite a bit. So um, we talked about cortisol. We talked about, oh, pancreas. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the pancreas and let's talk about um, sex hormones for a second. So, Oh, more sex hormones? When, yeah. yeah, because we're not fully done there. Women, when you have PCOS, what is it that your doctor prescribes you? I don't know. Metformin. Oh, yeah. 
right? Which is kind of cool, actually. Well, because they give that to... So, Tristan, tell us what metformin is. Metformin is sort of like a substitute insulin, in a way. Yep. It basically blocks sugar from doing the bad sugar things. Exactly. Is that fair? Yes. So that's that nails it. So women, if you have hormonal issues, sex hormonal issues, what should you do? Stop taking in as much sugar because here's what happens with the cysts on your ovaries. When you eat sugar, do you remember from our, if you guys have listened to our fasting episode, mm-hmm. what was that compound that creates growth within every cell? Do you remember what it was? I can't remember because it's like midnight. Growth hormone? No, it's not a growth hormone. I can't. Anyways, so with insulin intake, there is a growth like factor that is increased and it makes everything in the cells grow faster and bigger. It also triggers cancer growth as well. And so when you have cysts that are growing on your ovaries from who knows what, hormonal imbalances, nutritional deficiencies, inflammation, you name it, and then when you are taking in sugar, what is happening? You are, you're increasing your insulin. You are increasing that growth hormone. And that increases growth within every cell, even the cysts. And so cysts grow bigger. So what do they do? They give you metformin so that it breaks that insulin. Um, and then the cysts can either stop growing or get smaller. So isn't so, that cool? So metformin is really cool. But uh, not everyone responds to it very well. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've spoken to a ton of people who say, I tried it. It was the worst experience of my life. Could not handle it. And that's because it's it's a blunt tool, Mm -hmm. right? And you would be much better off addressing the issues it solves by just changing your diet, which is why the real answer is just stop getting so much junk, right? Stop, especially the sugar. The sugar sugar with PCOS especially, but any other inflammatory foods that could aggravate your hormonal uh, fluctuations and imbalances um, really need to come out of your diet Yep, and and your lifestyle. And that goes for going crazy on the fruit as well, Mm -hmm. I imagine. Unfortunately, yeah. So you, you you can't cut out sugar and then become a fruitarian. I'm sorry, medical medium lovers. I'm sorry, but like there's just no space in this realm right now <laughs> for fruit. All like right, if you're well. dealing with PCOS, we need to look closer to something that is similar to keto, actually. High so, fat, high so, protein, high veggies. Or, or paleo, you know, okay, there's, yeah. there's space for Some a berries. variety of foods. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a matter of your individual body and what it needs, exactly. which is always the answer. Exactly. But anyone who starts to preach extremism in one mm-hmm. form or the other is probably not on your side. So that's how the pancreas and sex hormones are linked. That's how your adrenals and your sex hormones are linked. Um, Also with your adrenals and your pancreas, your adrenals um, will produce uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine. Also known as adrenaline and noradrenaline Mm -hmm. for the Americans. And what that does is it actually breaks down, it pulls out your glycogen stores and spikes your blood sugar. So when you are stressed, um, your cortisol actually does that too. So norepinephrine, epinephrine, and cortisol, they raise your blood pressure and then they flood your bloodstream with sugar. Mm. And so when your bloodstream has sugar in it and it's not in the cells being kept contained, um, it's creating inflammation. But your body does that when you're stressed because let's say back in the day, you're running from a lion. You need high blood pressure and you need sugar to feed your cells so you can run away from that lion. Mm-hmm. But now we're not running from lions. We're sitting in front of TVs or our cell phones on Facebook, right? And we're getting stressed to death because mm-hmm. of Facebook because we're arguing about whatever politician right. said what. Or- exactly. And so, and so now we have all this blood sugar in our, um, in our system. It's creating inflammation. We have cortisol and norepinephrine that is raising our blood, our, our, our blood pressure. And so it's just this massive, massive um, train wreck because now we have elevated blood sugar, which is destroying the PCOS, right? So do you see how the three are linked? Mm-hmm. See, so now we have all this blood sugar and it's, it's just increasing all this growth factor within all our our cells, including those cysts. So it's just not 
good, guys. So stress and sugar intake. And when we are stressed, it's almost like we have sugar intake. Yeah. So easy, right? <laughs> so easy. and So easy. Just so don't stress. Th- that kind of brings us to what, what do you do? Now, we'll talk about what we do in the clinic. Mm-hmm. And what we do in the clinic is pretty straightforward. We want to fix the foundation, right? Okay. We want to address- Are we done talking about hormones? Oh, are you? No, we didn't like, we didn't like fully talk about the pancreas though. It didn't. Oh, like, you have, have more on the pancreas? Oh my gosh, I totally oh. do. All right, we'll dive in. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Um, and, and I feel like I'm just like kind of taking over right now. Um, you guys, everyone's heard of insulin resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we eat way too much sugar. I know I'm, I'm back on the sugar train. When we eat way too much sugar, our body, produ- our pancreas produces insulin. But because uh, in our society, we eat way too much sugar. And I loved how a a doctor explained this. He says our cells become resistant to it. It's almost like someone is yelling at you and you're blocking your ears because it's just too noisy. And so what our cells do is they, they block that insulin. So you eat a ton of sugar and then you create a ton of insulin to deal with that sugar. And your cells are saying, nope, we're not going to, we're not going to utilize all of you. It's just too much, too loud, too often. And so you, everything starts to malfunction. And so when you have this insulin resistance, you have inflammation, you have weight gain, you have hormonal disruption, you have achy joints, you have brain fog, everything kind of, it's, it's almost like a backflow, like a dam is going to overflow soon. And so that's how the pancreas is, um, yeah, is a very overworked organ. Mm-hmm. No question. So, okay, we're done. We're done talking about all the dysfunctions. Okay. Or the or the big ones, I guess. All right, so let's now go into what we do in the clinic for people that come in with hormone imbalances, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's really straightforward for us, at least. We start with fixing the foundation, which yeah. is looking at your diet, looking at your nutrition, and taking care of the problems that we see, which mm-hmm. like Johnny's been been talking about through this whole episode, it's cutting back on that sugar, especially the refined junk and replacing it with really healthy foods, complex carbohydrates, mm-hmm. i.e. vegetables and good fats, whether that be from animal sources mm-hmm. or from plant sources. But the important thing being that they are good fats that your body can use to produce hormones. Right. And also to help protect you against high levels of stress. And uh, that's the the foundation. But we also try to focus a lot on stress Mm -hmm. because stress seems to be one of the major factors that causes things to get thrown out of balance. So we want to manage the stress. We want to manage the the diet. And then lifestyle is also Mm -hmm. an important factor. We talked about that exposome of all these chemicals that we're swimming Exposome. in, we want to work those in our favor, which means cutting down on as many of the unnecessary and terrible chemicals as we can from the lifestyle. And yes, that can be taken too far, right? There are people who worry so much about these environmental contaminants that they essentially live in a bubble and wear a tinfoil hat because they don't feel safe around anything. And we don't want that for you. We don't want you to be so paranoid that you can't enjoy anything and you're constantly right. freaking out about the chemicals you're being exposed to. Right. But we do want you to be aware that all of these chemicals you're exposed to do have an effect and you need to do what you can to manage that, mm-hmm. right? Within reason. Yep. And that doesn't mean throw out everything right away and go buy all new chemical-free stuff but it does mean starting now to take baby steps and work yourself in that direction. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so once we've kind of covered all of those bases and we've started rebuilding the foundation, especially addressing the gut issues, then we will consider on a temporary basis using some kind of hormones as a stopgap measure. Right now we mm-hmm. don't prescribe, so we're not going to be prescribing hormones of any kind, whether that's, identical or bioidentical other than the ones that are already available over the counter, Mm -hmm. which is primarily going to be DHEA. Right. And we always do that on a very temporary basis. 
And we always do that with an eye towards watching carefully to make sure that we don't overcorrect there. Right. And making sure that it's short term. Even if it's working really well, it has to be short term. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, your body could just decide that it doesn't need to make it anymore. It's getting plenty through these supplements, right? And then that organ gets lazy. Yep. And then it stops making it. And then we're no better than all of the bioidentical hormone replacement people out there that are just messing with the body while they try to get the numbers where they like them. Yep. So, so that's what we do. But our goal is always independence in the end. We yep. want your lifestyle to be creating what your body needs. Exactly. And that means that all we really have to do is give it the materials and then give it enough time so yep. that it can heal. Yep. And it does take time. Especially if you've been on birth control for years and years, mm-hmm. you can't just expect that you can get off of it and a few months later, everything's going to be fine. It right. could take you years before your body really figures this out. All right. That's true. So that's what we do. But let's say that you, for instance, can't come to the clinic and for you right now, consulting with an expert is just not an option when it comes to your hormones. Is there anything that you can do? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely. There's a question of how far it's going to take you, but there are two extremely important things that you should be doing regardless of whether you have hormone imbalances. Is one of those things nutrition? Yes, it absolutely is. Yay! One of those things is nutrition, <laughs> right? If I'm not you, looking at the bullet, bullet points right now, so I'm if, guessing. If you know that your nutrition is not ideal, yeah. and and I don't mean ideal like you never make any mistakes, but if there are some glaring issues with your nutrition, especially in the area of you eat a ton of refined sugar, mm-hmm. fix it. Yep. Fix it. Especially if you've got symptoms of hormone issues, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got low energy, if you feel terrible and you have no libido all the time, then start with your diet. Cut out those refined sugars, get some good fats in there and get a nice balanced plant-based diet. Yes, guys. That will make a huge difference to you. The other really big one is learn to manage your stress. Mm -hmm. right, I cannot pound that in hard enough. Right. That you need to find ways to deal with your stress before your stress kills you because mm-hmm. it will kill you stress in one way kill. or another. Whether it's through your hormones or through cancer or through mental illness, mm-hmm. it will get you if you don't take care of it first. Yep. So for a lot of people, that might be meditation. But if meditation is something that you just cannot stomach, the very thought of it makes you angry, then don't do meditation. Maybe for you, it's yoga. Mm-hmm. Maybe you hate yoga pants, so don't do yoga. Maybe going for a walk outside yep. or hiking is what you do, right? Maybe it's reading a good book that inspires you. Yep. I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to tell you that one thing is better than another, but I am going to tell you that you should be doing something intentionally every single day yep. for your stress levels. Yep. And if you're not, then... You only have yourself to blame mm-hmm. when your hormones are imbalanced. You feel awful all the time. You're unhappy and life just isn't working the way you want it to work. Right. right? So find something. Start doing something. Mm-hmm. And then okay. really the last thing you can do, if if possible, is consult with somebody. Yeah. Find an expert out there that can help you make sense of these Find someone who can help you get the blood work done that you need to do and help you make sense of it. And that's really, that's going to be... The three things that you can do right so now. So if you're wondering, like, why can't I have you guys look at my blood work? You absolutely can, actually. That's what we do. Yeah, we do we, that. And um, I think we mentioned this in other podcasts, too. But um, a lot of people, if you are, like, on the East Coast or if you're in California, wherever you are, if you're, if you're even in Australia, if you can have someone do the blood work. And we have our own list of blood of labs that we, like, done. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that ordered through your doctor or insurance or um, even if you can't talk to us, but um, but we review your blood work with you. We take in your numbers, we put them in our nifty little computer and it creates our own little numbers and algorithms and stuff. And we do a massive report. It typically takes like an hour yeah, and we hour. explain to you why everything is happening and um, and a lot of people have found these reports to be super empowering because again, they, they go to their doctor and they say, I feel X, Y, and Z. And the doctors do their labs and they're like, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And then they bring those exact same labs to us and we're like, oh my gosh, you must be so tired. 
Or, oh my gosh, no wonder you don't feel good. There is so much that we can fix here. And that's validating, right? Mm-hmm. It's validating, but it's also empowering because then they realize, fact, oh, what they can do something. They're not so just, many, yeah. They're not just stuck. So many people come back with us and they'll be like, that is the most empowering session about any labs or any health thing I've ever encountered. And it's because we give them answers and homework and like step-by-steps, you know, or we say, hey, just keep watching this or doing this. Um, but it's it's it can be really relieving to know that it, one, it's not all in your head. And two, that, um, yeah, there was a systematic breakdown and now we can see it and now we can fix it. Yep. And that's so, it, guys. So that, that kind of covers our intro to hormones and there's a lot more we could say about it but honestly this is the stuff that you need to know yeah like the the fundamentals Mm -hmm. if you think that this could be an issue for you then definitely see if you can find someone to talk to about it whether that's us or somebody else and at some point you might end up getting a lot deeper into the weeds with all of this but Mm -hmm. but this is gonna get you 90 percent of the way there true so look into it yep And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Take care. See you later.